card. Uh, we have a couple in the middle here. Um, and anyone else, would you raise your hand? Just keep your hands up, and we'll uh, give you a, a little card that tells us about yourself and about your visit with us. And so uh, we're glad that you're here, and um, we just appreciate all of you being here and worshiping with us. We believe there's something really special going on here at the Gateway Church. And, uh, and we're excited about that, and uh, we want you to have an opportunity to find out more about what we're doing and what we're about. So we welcome you to come on back and keep coming and uh, get, get a good picture of, of who the Gateway Church is. I'm going to ask Rick Ebling to come on up, if he would, and uh, Rick is going to take our offering and has an announcement for us. Good morning, everybody. A couple of things. One is uh, we are going to have an opportunity end of February to sponsor the Gleaners uh, truck, uh, and that's going to be very exciting. And uh, I've got a little bit more detail. I had a chance to talk with Love Incorporated this past week to get a little bit more insight uh, of how that's going to work. And so it's going to be held on Friday, February 26th, and uh, what we found out is that the actual distribution starts at 10 a.m., and they would like the volunteers to be there at about 9.30. And basically what will happen is uh, the gleaner's truck will get there, and uh, the volunteers will help unload that onto tables, and that's the first step. And then the actual event will start about 10 o'clock again. They're expecting about 300 people. That's their norm. And as we know, the needs are great, and they're expecting that many people again. And so this is a great opportunity for our body to serve. And we're sponsoring this uh, shipment. And so this is our opportunity to rub shoulders together and walk together and actually serve the people of the lakeshore. And the other thing that will happen at 10 o'clock is each of us will have an opportunity to walk with somebody and assist them and maybe help carry their food, take it back to their car, minister God's love to them, whatever you feel led to do. So there's plenty of opportunity, plenty of need. So we want to have as many as you can, as you can be a part of that. Uh, and then they expect it to be done by about 11 to 11.15. It goes very fast. I was surprised at that. I thought it would take, you know, three, four hours. And they say, no, it goes very fast. They, they have volunteers there as well that do this every time. And so they've got their routine down. But this is going to be a great opportunity for the Gateway Church uh, to come alongside Love Incorporated. And again, it'll be at uh, St. Pat's Church in, the, in their parking lot right on 31 there in Grand Haven. And then the other thing that we thought we could do as well is maybe have some people make some hot chocolate so that as people are standing in line, we can give them some hot chocolate or something like that and just bless them that way as well. Uh, from what we understand, people will get there many hours before it's going to start just to be in line. And obviously, this is the end of February, and, uh, but that tells you again how much the need is. And uh, it's just going to be a tremendous opportunity. So in the future, we'll have a sign-up sheet in the front so that you'll have a chance to put your name to that. But we wanted to give you plenty of heads up, especially knowing that it was on a Friday. And, but again, it should be only take about two hours of our time. So if you can, 
get off work or uh, carve out some time, that would be awesome uh, to be able to accomplish that. So if you have any questions um, <coughs> in the future about that, just see me or uh, Pastor Ben, and we'll be glad to get you further information. So, Okay. The other thing is, uh, as part of the offering today, again, we're going to have an opportunity to give to the people of Haiti. Last week we did that, and, uh, but we want to give you another opportunity if you didn't have a chance to do that last week. And I wanted to share from God's word something that I felt was uh, appropriate, uh, just showing God's word, speaking of give, taking, giving or taking a, or receiving an offering. And if everybody can turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And this is the Apostle Paul speaking. Uh, and he is talking to the Corinthian church about taking an offering for the church in Jerusalem or the Judean people. And uh, they were hurting and they were having need. So Paul was encouraging the Corinthian church to give. Uh, to the people of Jerusalem. And I thought that was neat because we're taking an offering today for the people of Haiti. And I just want to share a few scriptures here that uh, Paul gives us from God's word. First of all, Paul talks about the church of Macedonia. And what was uh, something about the church of Macedonia, they didn't have a lot of resources. They were a pretty poor church. But if we read in verse 2, it says, that in a great ordeal of affliction, they were going through a hard time. That church was going through a hard time. But in a, a great ordeal of affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed into the, well, into the wealth of liberality. So yes, they had poverty themselves, but because of their giving hearts, they gave liberally to uh, the work. And in verse 3 it says, For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord. And that's so neat because God, they gave of what they had. And, and I'm reflecting on the God Provides series on Wednesday night. I'll put a plug in for that. Uh, please, if, if you want to see God move in a supernatural way in your life in, in provision, come out on Wednesday night. And on Wednesday, this past Wednesday, the series is called God Provides. And it, it was such a neat uh, time together. And, it, and the uh, prophet, Elijah, said to the widow woman, what do you have? Not what she didn't have, but what did she have? And what did she have? She had a little bit of oil. And as we know in God's word, that oil kept flowing and flowing and flowing. And, and, I, and when I read this scripture, that's what this spoke to me. The people of this church looked at what they had and said, what else? And, and we'll leave the rest to God. And God blessed it and helped them to give. And then verse 4 I thought was neat as well. And, and this church said, they begged us with much entreaty for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. Think of that. This church begged Paul to say, please let us be a part of this, to participate in this offering. Let us have that same heart, that we can't wait to give, to, because we know that God will provide 
and God is our, will bless us as we give. And then uh, turn to uh, chapter 9. Starting with verse 6. And many times uh, we've read these scriptures that I'm going to read next, but I wanted you to know this in the context that these scriptures are being given. This is where Paul is talking with the Corinthian church. And in verse 6 it says, Now this I say, He who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Let each one do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundant you may have an abundance for every good deed. He scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness abides forever. Here it says in God's word that they gave to the poor. And we're going to be giving, having that opportunity again this morning to give to the people of Haiti. Probably the poorest people in our hemisphere and even in great need now. And then verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower. Who supplies the seed to the sower? God does. And bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. So we're just thankful that God is our source. He is our provider. And he meets our every need so that we can have seed to give to every good work. And the, to give to the people of Haiti is a good work. And it's a blessing that we have that opportunity to give to that. So, gentlemen, if you want to come forward. Yes, if, if people would like a special envelope to give to the offering in Haiti, the gentleman will be able to help you with that. So if you just raise your hand, we can uh, get you an envelope if you'd like one. Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you are our provider. That, Lord, out of our own need, we can be a blessing. Out of the abundance, we can be a blessing. We can be a blessing in every aspect of our lives. So, Lord, I thank you for your word, that it brings life to us. And I pray that this offering and these tithes and offerings will be uh, multiplied for your glory, for your honor. And, Lord, we just pray as we send this forth to the people of Haiti, that it will go right where it needs to go, and it will be multiplied and be a blessing to the people of Haiti. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. call 
Did everybody get a chance, uh, if you needed an envelope, did everybody get a chance to get one of those? We want to make sure we don't miss anyone. Great. Thanks for your giving and, and your generosity. And uh, we know that the Lord is, is nobody's debtor, all right? And uh, we know that uh, we can trust Him to provide for us as we take care of the things that um, are on God's heart. We want to let you know about a couple other things going on. Um, we had a youth event planned for today. We were going to go skiing. Um, given the weather, that's probably not going to happen. Um, and so that's okay. Uh, in place of our ski trip, uh, we are going to do a pizza party at, um, we'll probably uh, do it at our house, my wife and my house. Um, and so 6 o'clock will be the time, 6 p.m., and that's for our uh, students um, in both the varsity and the JV group. Uh, you guys are invited to come on out. And if you can, we're asking for you to um, bring $3 uh, to help uh, pay for pizza and pop and stuff. And then also, uh, Winter Blast is our kids' retreat, which is coming up very soon. Next Friday, we're leaving, and uh, it's going to be a great time. If you have kids in grades 3 through 6 that would like to go, um, we would love for them to come along. It's not too late to sign up. There's a registration form in the back. You can take one and fill it out and hand it in to me uh, soon, uh, today, preferably, or sometime this week. Uh, also, we want to let you know about some small groups happening. We are launching our small groups again uh, starting this, not this Sunday, but next Sunday. Uh, we are starting our small groups. We have four amazing small group uh, families and, and classes that are going on. Uh, Rick and Katrika Ebling, uh, Rick just shared a moment ago, they are doing a small group entitled uh, Transforming Lives in Christ Through Worship and Prayer. And they're going to have a great time at their home uh, looking at that for the next few weeks. Uh, uh, the Fisks, Chris and Melinda Fisk, uh, they live just down the road. Uh, they are going to be doing a small group uh, entitled Crazy Love, which is a DVD study um, by a man named Francis Chan, who is an amazing minister. Uh, you will really enjoy that. And it just talks about uh, having a, uh, just a, a great, passionate love for the Lord and growing in that. The Hardys, Dennis and Mary Hardy, uh, at their home, they're going to be uh, doing another small group. They'll be looking at the book Bringing Up Boys by Dr. Dobson. And uh, that's an amazing book. Uh, if you have uh, children, especially boys, uh, any age, uh, this is a, a class that you'll want to be a part of. And then Pastor Ben and Jessica Vey will be uh, continuing their small group, Connect 101. If you were not a part of that this last time and you haven't done that yet, we'd love for you to learn more about who we are. It's a great kind of introduction to the Gateway Church, a great way to connect with other families and other couples and individuals and uh, learn about what we're all about, and uh, that's at their home. So those start uh, next Sunday at 6.30 at those respective places. Um, also, we want to let you know there is a, uh, a great um, kind of worship experience uh, slash kind of fundraiser. It's called the Sur Surrender, and uh, it is uh, going to be uh, five five dollars. Is that right? Make sure I get my details right. Five dollars on February twelfth. Uh, the time is seven p.m. It's kind of a a fundraiser for an amazing Christian camp called Camp Courage as they raise some funds for what they're doing. But also, it's a great experience for you to come and worship the Lord together, uh, have a great meal together. Um, and Steve, if you could help me out, the, where is it at again? The, you remember the location? We have. That's that's okay. Well, there's a post. I apologize. There's a poster in the back there, um, and uh, but there's some more details that you can get there. Um, we we'd love to, for you to go to that and enjoy that. And then a couple other last things. 
um, January 31st, which is next Sunday, uh, all of our kids, nursery, and preschool workers, uh, we're having a meeting after church um, where we're going to provide lunch and we'll have child care uh, as well if, if um, you, your kids need to stay with you. Um, and uh, we're going to be able to just go over some new things for the new year, uh, kind of cast some vision for some great things happening and changes going on, um, and just kind of retool and re-equip uh, for the year and, and what God wants to do in our nursery, preschool, and kids ministry. So uh, plan on that uh, su- next Sunday. And then lastly, uh, the ladies are doing a craft night. How many of you ladies uh, have a craft that or hobby that you do? Maybe it's scrapbooking, or maybe it's card making, or maybe it's sewing, or Whatever I know, there's a lot of you. And, uh, and so we just want to provide an opportunity for everyone to get together and enjoy that. It's February 5th from 5 p.m. to 11 p.m., and it's a great chance for you to meet, connect with other ladies in the church. Uh, it's right here at the Gateway Church, and uh, it's a chance to also get some of those projects done maybe you've been putting off for a little while, okay? So those are some things happening uh, we want you to just know about. There's some sign-up sheets in the back. Uh, for some of those things to give us an idea of who may be coming. Well, let's get into God's Word. Can we uh, just bow our heads and ask the Lord's blessing over His Word this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank You uh, as we're here, Lord, to hear You speak to our hearts through Your Word. Lord, I pray that You would enable me to communicate well, Lord, to hearts and minds this morning. Lord, I pray that we would receive Your Word as Your body, We would receive your word, Lord, that it would be planted deep in our heart and it would produce fruit in our lives, Lord. We thank you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, for those who don't know, I am relatively a uh, a relatively new dad. Uh, My son just turned seven months not too long ago, and uh, it's been pretty fun. It's been a great change for uh, my wife, Julie, and I, and, uh, and we love it. We love it. But one of the things that's really interesting is is I'm beginning to discover some character flaws that I didn't really realize were there. Things that I thought I had kind of locked up and set aside and put away. Um, And parents, maybe you know what I'm talking about. You know, maybe you've been in the car and you're driving along and someone cuts you off and you're just get irate with that person. This happened to me not too long ago. I was in the car driving and uh, my son was in the back. I just picked him up from the babysitter. And he was in his car seat in the back, and somebody just cut me off. He just, out of nowhere, you know, and I had to hit the brakes and try not to hit him. And so I got mad. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? And I just start yelling at the guy in my car. What are you doing? What are you thinking? You're an idiot. What in the world? What were you thinking? You weren't, you know, that kind of thing. You know what I'm talking about? Where you just kind of go off on the person. You know, you just have a, like a, a, a mini tantrum right in your car, right? And, and so this goes on. And, and then I, I happen to look in my rearview mirror, and we have one of those mirrors for the baby, so I can look into the mirror and, and see him in the back. And I look up, and there's my son. His eyes are real big. <laughs> and he's, he's looking back at me, and I thought, oh, oh, no, I did it again, you know. Just what a horrible example to my son. Yes, he's only seven months old, but, you know, he's absorbing how to react to life, even at seven months. And, and, uh, and so I thought, oh, just you know, I blew it. I blew it again, you know? And, and so it just it's interesting how having this child has, has kind of opened my eyes to some things that they're not recent. They haven't recently, like, popped up. Uh, they were things that were already in my heart that I've just recently begun to become aware of, you know? Uh, that wasn't the first time I had become irate in the car at another driver. Uh, but I had just become painfully aware of what a bad example that is, you know? 
Um, you know, there's times when my son's crying and, and I get frustrated. I don't know how to help him. I, you know, you don't know what he wants. And, and I just become impatient, you know. And then I think, why am I, you know, he's not trying to frustrate me. <laughs> you know, why am I letting this get to me? Um, you know, I get home and I'm tired and, and my son just wants to be played with. He wants to be held. But, you know, I'm, I'm too tired. And so I just kind of leave him in the playpen or leave him, you know, playing by himself somewhere so I can go and, and just kind of close my eyes for a little bit or something, you know. Just, I'll just let him cry, you know. And, and I think, man, is that really the example I want for my son that, you know, that he's second in my life, you know, over, you know, uh, what, over my work, over my job or whatever? Is that what I want? And uh, no, not at all. So I've begun to discover these flaws, and, and I'm startled by the number of times uh, that things come out of my mouth, that uh, angry words or the ways that I act in different situations. And, and I'm surprised because there's things that I thought I had under control. I, ha- I thought I had this locked up way in the back somewhere, you know, where it would never get out. That monster was kind of taken care of, you know. And uh, little did I realize it really just took the right situation, the right level of stress or pressure in my life, the right amount of squeezing in, in, in uh, the circumstances of life or the right amount of squeezing in our finances or, or in my relationship or marriage, you know, the right amount of stress or squeezing, and that monster comes out, you know? And so this morning, I want to talk to us about the big squeeze, the big squeeze, the things in life that squeeze us, that squeeze our marriages, that squeeze our hearts and our minds, and as a result, what comes out? Because the truth is, you and I, we both have things in our life, in our heart, that we've probably thought we've locked up, bad habits, uh, monsters from our past, if you will, uh, character flaws, and these things are just waiting to break out. They're waiting to be released, you know, in, uh, in, out into the world, out in, into, into life. And it really just takes the right amount of circumstances, the right amount of fear or stress uh, for it to make its way into compromise or to make its way out as regretful words or make its way out into that addiction or just a lack of hope and just choosing to just give it up and it doesn't matter anymore. We've all seen it around us. Maybe you've seen some of these things in your life, right? We've, we've heard and, and seen, and, and maybe some of you even this morning uh, are that person, that wife or that husband, you know, where your husband just doesn't seem to understand you anymore. Your wife just doesn't seem to appreciate you anymore, uh, you know, and, and you feel like they're always trying to change you. She, she or he just doesn't seem to care anymore. And, and then along comes somebody that just is so appreciative, you know, that, that person at work, that coworker, or that, that uh, person that we meet, you know, and they just, they seem to get us, you know. They just seem to get us. And all of a sudden, it's not a matter of, of marriage fidelity, but, you know, having our, my needs are finally being met. You know, my spouse isn't meeting those needs, and now my needs are being met. It just took the right, the right circumstances, the right situation, the right amount of pressure, and all of a sudden we're contemplating Maybe not even physically, but emotionally cheating on our husband or wife. Or maybe business is down, you know, sales are down, sales are low. And so you decide, you know, you're not going to completely disclose everything. Or maybe you're not going to completely follow through with something you said you were going to do and you didn't completely follow through on it. You know, or you took some shortcuts because you knew you could get away with it and you knew it, no one was really going to notice. And, and you excuse it as standard business practice, right? And we, we excuse these things 
And suddenly it's not a, a, a matter of, of honesty anymore, but trying to just keep our bottom line. There's a lot of things. Maybe students, you know, there's a test you have coming up. There's a test happening, and this test will determine whether or not you pass a class. I've been in that situation. And this test is going to determine whether or not you get to pass or fail and take it again. Or maybe it's even bigger than that. Maybe it's connected to your ability to get into the right college or whatever. And so suddenly cheating seems like a necessity. And you justify it. And it's not such a big deal. Because as the pressure of needing to pass this class is applied with enough force, suddenly you start making compromises that under any other circumstances you would agree are wrong. And it's not always, you know, real big stuff either. It's not always dramatic. Something happens at work. Something happens at home or at school or, or, or just the person across the counter just you know, you've just had it with that person, and you blow up, and you release all that anger, and it's just like, bleh, on your kids, on your, on your spouse, on the poor sales lady at Meyer. you know, she's just showing up for work. She doesn't make the policies. She didn't put the wrong sticker on the thing, you know, but you just let her have it. And so those things come out. We let those words fly without thinking because we've had enough, enough pressure was finally applied, and something ugly from the depths of our heart makes its way to the surface, something that we thought, man, I thought I, thought I was better than that. I thought I had more self-control than that. I thought I had more patience than that, you know, and it makes its way out. Why do these things happen? None of us are immune, right? None of us are immune. We've all been there, okay? So we can all kind of sigh a, a big sigh of relief. <sighs> I'm not alone. Okay, let's just get that out. We're all in this together, Right? But why do these things happen? You know, it's not en- because it's not enough that we just kind of lock it up. We think we put it away because I'm telling you, eventually those things will make their way out. It's not enough just to kind of put, you know, lock the key and throw it out, you know, uh, because as hard as we try, as far back as we try to push those tendencies, those habits, uh, that lack of patience, that lack of faithfulness, that lack of honesty, as, as hard as we try to push those to the back and get past those things, As long as they're in our hearts, they will make their way out. It's just a matter of time and the right circumstances. And when they do come out, what happens? Destruction, right? Destruction on the person across the counter, their their day, their, you know, is just destroyed. You just, and you just kind of let loose all your frustration on that salesperson or on your wife or on your kids. And what have you done? You've You've begun to tear apart their heart, right? Sometimes it's even worse. Sometimes careers are ruined because of the self-destruction that takes place. We can all think of individuals that this has happened to, right? We think of celebrities. We think of what's happened with Tiger Woods most recently. And his career will always be impacted by his decision. He'll probably go on and come back to golf at some point and, and win a ton of more you know, um, awards and PGA events, but, but his career will forever be marred by this situation. And his, what about his family and the destruction that has taken place because of things in his heart that finally made their way out to the surface, right? Religious leaders aren't exempt. You can think of 
painful examples of that. Those that can remember the, uh, the Jim and Tammy Faye Baker uh, scandals that went on. More recently, Ted Haggard and others. Things that were in their heart. People that we all looked up to. People that we saw as great Christian leaders. But there was something lurking inside. And it was just a matter of time. The right circumstances, the right amount of pressure where that thing made its way out. And as their life was squeezed, what came out was ugly. And it brought destruction to their career, to their ministry, and to their family. How many of us, if we took the time, could mention family and friends that have been impacted by things that made their way out and took everyone by surprise? Who knew that that was there? But yet it was lurking in the shadows. How's a person do How do we avoid that? I don't want to be a Ted Haggard. I don't want to be a Jim Baker. And yet I look at people and even friends of mine that have been in ministry that have lost their family, their ministry, and everything because of something that finally made its way out in their heart. I don't want that to be me. How do I avoid that? And I know you don't want that to be your family that's destroyed, your marriage that's lost, or whatever it might be. You don't want those things to happen. You don't want to be that one that loses their job because of choices you make. So how do we avoid these things? Fortunately, God's Word gives us some hope. God's Word gives us answers. I'm so glad we're not lost without hope. When our life is squeezed by the right circumstances or situations, what comes out is the fruit of our life. When our life is squeezed, what comes out is the fruit that had been planted. It started as a little seed planted in our heart, a little seed of dishonesty, just a little seed of of compromise, a little seed of unfaithfulness, a little seed of unkindness or impatience, a little seed, and it started out there and it began to grow and get some roots and get some traction and move until eventually it pops through the surface and it bears fruit for the world to see or for our families to see, right? And so when our life is squeezed, what comes out is its fruit. Now, I'd like to illustrate this for you. Um, And I've asked Trevor to come on up and help me. Trevor, would you come on up? And Trevor's going to help me illustrate this point here. All right. And now, Trevor, we're going to do a little bit of experiment. I, you know, I'm a kids and youth pastor, right? So I'm kind of a hands-on kind of person, okay? So kind of bear with me if this is a little unorthodox for you, okay? Um, But uh, we're going to do a little science experiment, okay? So, but safety is key, is it not, right? So we want to be safe. So... I have here my industrial NASA certified uh, protection suit here. So I'm going to need you to put that on. These are hard to come by, by the way. Uh, You can't just get these things anywhere, I tell you. It's pretty pretty special. You got it? All right. Just kind of poke it through there. There you go. Nice. We want to make sure you're safe. Protection is important. Okay. There we go. Don't you feel safe? Okay, good. Now, okay, we're also going to give you these. We, we don't want eyes are important. Protect the eyes, right? He's a basketball player. He needs, you know, good vision to see what's going on in football and everything, right? Okay, so here's what we're going to do, our little uh, experiment here. <clears throat> I have here some fruit. By the way, tomato is a fruit, for those of you who are going to say, that's not a fruit. It is a fruit. Look it up. Okay, so we got some fruit, and... What we're going to do is we're going to play a little game, a little experiment called Let's Squeeze It. All right? And so what I want you to do 
is give this as strong of a squeeze as you can, and we're going to see what comes out when Trevor squeezes the tomato. Anyone want to take a guess? Don't guess. Let's let it be a surprise. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to stand over here because I don't have a NASA certified protection suit. Nice. That's gross. Okay, so what came out, Trevor? Seed and water and, and, and tomato gunk. Exactly, all right? So he squeezed the tomato, and pretty amazingly enough, tomato came out. Okay, let's, let's see if it just works for tomatoes, though. Hold on. All right, here we go. We have a peach. All right, we'll try a peach here. Try that one. There you go. Just give it a good squeeze. There you go. Just kind of move it around in your hand there, all right? And what's coming out of there? Juice and gunk, and, and it's peach gunk, right? So, okay, we're two for two. This is good. This is good. Let's keep going. It's getting a little harder here, okay? I know you're a strong guy, though. You can do it. All right, if you need to use your nails, go ahead. All right, this is like, it's called a blood orange, so I'm not sure what's going to come out exactly. Go ahead. You're going to work through the peel a little bit. Can you squeeze it? You can use both hands if you want. There you go. It's coming. It's coming. Keep going. There you go. What's coming out? Ooh, it's a red. I've never seen a red orange. That's cool. But it is, in fact, orange. In orange. All right. So, okay. We're three for three. I got one more now. All right. Last one. You ready? I brought you up here because I know you're strong. Okay. Play football. Play basketball. I've seen you hit baseballs. Well, hold on, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's not totally fair. Let's help you out a little bit. Why don't you set that right here? Here you go. Hold on. I'm going to stand way over here. Give that a good hard whack. Ready? Nice. Let's try it again. All right, one more. There we go. Did we get you in the front? little flashback to Gallagher, or uh, what was that guy's name? Is that right? Yeah, see, that's kind of before my time. But I've seen, I've seen it on uh, cable. So. All right. Cantaloupe came out of the cantaloupe. Peach came out of the peach. Orange came out of the orange, and tomato came out of the tomato. Amazing. Let's give Trevor a hand. Way to go. Thank you for helping me with my little science experiment. Thank you, sir. I'll take those. There you go. You want You don't want to keep that? Oh, okay. Well, if you change your mind, let me know. You want me to take it? You don't, unless you want it. I'd let you keep it as a souvenir. All right. If you need to wash your hands, feel free. Whatever you need to do. But thanks, thanks, Trevor. Thanks again. Let's give Trevor another hand. Big round of applause for being a good sport. So we had a little fun, but here's the point. When he squeezed the tomato, what came out? When he squeezed the orange, what came out? When he hammered the cantaloupe, what came out? No surprise, right? Hopefully not. For some, hopefully that wasn't a surprise for any of you. But here's the question I want to ask. When your life is squeezed by the pressures of life, the things going on that you don't understand, somebody gets sick, somebody gets hurt, your boss rides you to the point where you're not sure you can take it anymore. Your teacher just keeps hammering you and hammering you. Life keeps hammering on you. And you just feel pounded, maybe like that hammer in the cantaloupe. And you just feel hammered and pounded by life. What fruit is going to come out of you? 
The Bible gives us two options. One is the fruit of the sinful nature. It says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. That's what happens in the car. Selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So one option when your life is squeezed is the fruit of what the Bible calls a sinful nature. In other words, the bad stuff, right? Unkindness, dissension, arguing, envy, jealousy, witchcraft, but which, by the way, many of you think, well, okay, I'm safe from that one, you know. But the Bible calls rebellion the sin of witchcraft. When we rebel against authority, whether it's the government, the police, our boss, our parents, the Bible calls that witchcraft. It's a big deal. And so when we're squeezed, what comes out? The other option comes next in Galatians 5.22. But, okay, so we're switching gears here. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. The other option when your life is squeezed, when somebody just rides you or gets on your nerves or, or life just hammers at you and you're not sure what, how much more you can take, does patience come out? When your kids just, man, they just, you know, ride that last nerve, does gentleness come out? I mean, sure, you got to discipline them, but is it in a fit of rage? Or it, is it in a, a loving choice to discipline and steer your kids? Or is it a reaction of anger and rage and, and frustration? Is it impatience? When you're tempted to think that your wife, your husband doesn't understand you, doesn't care for you, doesn't respect you, doesn't love you, and somebody starts showing you that attention that you crave for, the respect that you feel you deserve, does faithfulness come out? Or not? Or something else? What comes out of your life when you're squeezed? What determines the kind of fruit that comes out is not what's squeezing us. It's not the thing that, the pressure that determines what comes out. You know what it is? It's the thing that we have planted in our hearts. Way before the event, the circumstance, the person came in, into play. It starts with the seed. What kind of fruit we've planted, we've cultivated, we've nurtured. Have we nurtured Patience. Have we nurtured kindness? Proverbs 4.23 in the New Living Translation says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. The things that you plant, the kind of fruit that you plant in your heart, literally will determine the outcomes in your life. We all know we can't avoid frustration, right? We all know we can't avoid stress or suffering or pain, but how we handle those things will make all the difference in the world. How we handle those, if we've planted seeds of the sinful nature, then impatience and jealousy and envy and unfaithfulness and dishonesty and rebellion, those are the things that are going to come out. 
if by our entertainment choices we, that glorify lust, our entertainment choices that glorify greed or disrespect, if we allowed ourselves to choose those things, then guess what? Disrespect and lust is being seeded and planted in our hearts. And it's a matter of time. If we don't uproot those things, it's a matter of time before it bears fruit in our life. When we harbor thoughts suggesting we made a mistake when we married our husband, our wife, we harbor those thoughts and we mull it over in our head. We take that second look at that guy or that girl. We begin to wonder, maybe, maybe cheating isn't such a big deal. You know, it's, it's needed. I have to. Maybe, maybe, you know, I don't have to be totally honest with this business deal. I don't have to totally tell them everything, you know, because this is important to me. Maybe I can fudge the numbers a little bit, right? When we harbor those kinds of thoughts, we're planting seeds of the sinful nature. But likewise, if we guard our hearts against becoming bitter when people get on our nerves against our boss or whoever it might be, when we guard our hearts against envy and jealousy, when we guard our hearts against unfaithfulness, even in the littlest ways, then what's going to come out is integrity, patience, kindness, all of these things. What we plant in our heart will come out as fruit in our lives. When you treat hardship, when you treat suffering, you treat the problems or frustrations in life as an opportunity to plant in your heart life. When those things happen and you decide this is an opportunity, this is not a problem, this is an opportunity to plant a seed of patience or a seed of kindness in my life, it changes the entire course of our lives. It's amazing to see that in successful people's lives, their success is often the result of small choices. Because they decided to approach problems in life not as something to get mad about and, and, and blow up at, but they've, they approached problems and setbacks in life as an opportunity. And Christ is what makes the difference in our ability to do that. I want to ask Eric to come on up. And uh, uh, Eric and his wife, Nicole, have been attending the Gateway Church for quite a while now. And, um, and I've just asked Eric to share real briefly kind of what life was like before Christ, the way he approached problems, and the way that that's changed now as a believer. Thank you. Okay, I got, I got one minute, so I'm going to try to do this very, very quickly, so bear with me. The, the prior Eric DeFenzo would run for a numbing agent, and uh, my numbing agent of choice was cocaine. And every single time a situation would come up, no matter what it was, if it threatened what I viewed as my life, then I would numb myself. And it got to the point where I was numbing myself so much that I was literally captive to what I was claiming I had power over. And so I had to make a choice that left me completely vulnerable, but I opened up about it. And I met a couple of people, and through the course of about a year, I ended up in one of the blessed ministries that God has allowed to just be so fruitful, and that's Teen Challenge. And Teen Challenge instilled in me the virtue of hope when I said dope. And they instilled in me joy when I said toy. And everything that I had, they gave me an alternative through Christ. And for the last almost six years now, 
I've been fruitfully holding on to these nine things that they have planted in me. And God has done more than miraculously fruitfully multiplied the seed, but he's allowed us to become planters. So now we're, we're cantaloupe carriers where we were camera swingers. And God has allowed uh, old beat-up dope head to be a corporate trainer. So there's a huge contrast in difference because where I used to run from now I look at everything that comes upon me as an opportunity to enhance my life in some way. And the most, the most that I enjoy is to see people's faces on the third day of training when I tell them that they've just been fully trained by ex-crackhead. <laughs> they look at me and they're like, was it all legit? Was, it, was any of this real? <laughs> because... And then I have an opportunity for them to say, well, how do you, and, and what do you, and, and how can I, and that's when I'm able to carry that cantaloupe and hand it off and say, it's only by the grace of God, and uh, this isn't an accident. And so um, that's way longer than a minute, but I'm done. There you go. <laughs> thank you, Eric. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I've had the privilege of getting to know Eric and hearing more of his story, and I encourage you to talk to him. There's a whole lot he left out uh, that God has done. But it's amazing how God can take an ex-crack addict and turn him into uh, somebody who does corporate training. Uh, and and, and the, some of the, especially, you've got to talk about some of the stuff that he's doing. And, and it's really, it's a, a secular job, but it's ministry, um, and it's pretty cool. But how does God do that? It happens when we begin to make changes in the way we view life. If we're always viewing life as a problem that's setting us back, then we're going to react in certain ways that plant seeds of the sinful nature. But if we begin to react in a way that says, this is an opportunity for me to grow, and that's not easy. I mean, even as I was writing this sermon, you know, and, and things are going on in the day that life continues on and, and things that, that just would get me frustrated. I'm reminded of the word that I had just typed up on my computer and God had spoken in my heart. And, and I'm thinking, man, this is so hard to do. But there's power in this, and it, it does take time. And it do, it's not just an instant thing that turns around and, and all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're, you know, these perfect Christians. But you know, it takes, as we are willing to be faithful to the process, God will see us through to the end. He will complete the good work that he has started in us, the Bible says. But we've got to stick to it. We have to watch our hearts as sentinels. To be a sentinel over our heart. We cannot be too careful in what we allow to pass through. We've got to stand guard and say, I will not let these thoughts continue. I will not let even the smallest lack of integrity go on in my life because I know what the result is. At some point, it will come out. We, and there's all kinds of things, and it may not seem a, a big deal, but it is. There's a song by Casting Crowns called small fade. And the song talks about how it starts with the little things in life, the little compromises that begin to turn and, and keep us from what God has and begin to destroy our lives and destroy our marriages. But it starts with the small things. It's a small fade. It's a small, slow process. It's a slow process. I want us to watch this video. And as you watch this video, I want you to think about, allow the Lord to speak to your heart. My prayer is that as you watch this, the Lord will speak to your heart.
about the things that maybe God is wanting to deal with, the seeds that have been planted. Maybe they're really big, nasty ones. Maybe they're just little, little kind of compromises. What seeds are there that God wants you to deal with this morning? After the video, worship team, I'll just have you come on up. It's the second glance that ties your hands as darkness pulls the strings. Be careful, little feet, where you go. For it's the little feet behind you that are sure to follow. It's a slow fade when you give yourself away. It's a slow fade. When black and white have turned to gray and thoughts invade, choices are made, a price will be paid when you give yourself away. People never crumble in a day. It's a slow
I gotta go on a business trip. Do you have to? Well, maybe they can do without me this time. Let's agree this morning together to guard our hearts, to watch as centuries of our heart to say, I will not let anything get in the way of what God wants to do in my life. It's amazing the witness we can be when in the midst of frustration or problems or difficulty, we choose to honor Christ. And people see that. It's amazing the example we're able to be. But not just that, it's amazing the course God can set your life on if you will choose to surrender all the things inside that maybe you've held on to and say, Lord, I give you control today. Maybe your life right now feels like a sinking ship. You have a sense that unless a great change takes place, you're going down. A train wreck is about to take place and you're watching as you, your life is, your family, your marriage is on the railroad tracks and you see the train coming. I want to let you know this morning that there is hope. There is hope. There is a lifeguard. There is a Savior who's able to rescue you. He loves you. The first step is to Make sure you've given Jesus complete control of your life. And maybe there's some this morning who would say, I have not done that. Jesus is not in the driver's seat of my life. He's not the leader of my life. I am. This morning, hope begins with giving up control. and Saying, Lord, I've tried things my way. I want to try it yours. The Lord didn't promise that we'd have a life free of problems or free of trouble. But He did promise to always be with us. Matthew 28, 20, and the second half of that verse says, And you can be sure I am always with you to the very end. I want you to know this morning that there is hope. 
Jesus will be with you. And he will give you hope to face whatever is in front of you. Whatever train seems to be coming at you, whatever storm seems to be sinking you, Jesus can give you hope and will see you through. For others this morning, maybe you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, but as you listen and examine your heart today, there's something nagging inside. There's something nagging inside. There's a seed that's been planted that needs to be uprooted. Maybe that seed has already produced its fruit and it's begun its process of destruction, big or maybe just small. But the Lord has brought that to your attention today for a reason. Because He wants to help you remove it and begin differently, to continue differently. Even if those seeds have started showing their fruit, allow the Lord to change your heart and make a declaration this morning that with the Lord's help, I will only plant seeds, seeds of the Spirit, seeds that please the Lord, seeds of righteousness in my heart. And no, you're not going to be perfect. I'm not going to be perfect at it. But let's commit together to the process that the Lord would have us begin and continue today. Let's commit to that process to say, even when I blow it, the first thing I'm going to do is get on my knees and ask the Lord to help me, to change me, remove that seed, and let's do it different. Let's do it different. Let's turn around 180 degrees, and let's do it different. Would you stand with me this morning? Lord, we come to you this morning knowing that none of us are perfect, that we're all in desperate need of you. And I pray this morning, Lord, for that person who's here, Lord, and they have not made you the leader of their life. Or maybe you were at some point, but Lord, they've drifted from that and they've taken control back. And this morning, they're ready to give up control, to try it your way. Lord, I pray for that individual that they would find hope in you, that they would find peace in you, that they would find salvation in you this morning. Lord, I pray for those who, Lord, maybe the fruit has begun to sprung up in their life and they didn't ask for it, they didn't want it, they know it's not right, whether it's something big or, or something so small. But Lord, it's been brought to their attention. You, you have done it. And I pray this morning that you would give them the courage to face those things and invite you to help them uproot those from their life. Give them courage to face it and to do what it is necessary, to do whatever it takes, Lord, to recklessly, recklessly remove and get rid of, Lord, with a zeal and a passion, whatever seeds may be in their heart, God even those that have not yet begun to bear fruit, but we know it's there. We know what lies in the shadows of our heart. God, I pray that we would remove it this morning before it has a chance to bear fruit. Remove that seed of infidelity. 
Remove that seed of dishonesty. Remove that seed of bitterness. Remove that seed of envy and jealousy and rage, oh God. Remove the seeds this morning. Uproot the plants, oh God. And change us, we pray, as only you can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask our deacons, if you would, and their wives, uh, if you'd be willing to step to the sides of the sanctuary, uh, step to various sides and just kind of spread out. And I know that many of us, or some of you at least, may need to get going, and you have things in your day that uh, you need to take care of and things that are going on in, in, in your home, and we want to respect that. We understand that. We don't want you to feel guilty if you need to leave. Uh, feel free. You, you can pick your kids up, and, and we look forward to, forward to seeing you again next week. But for those who are willing uh, and able, I want to just invite you to take some time this morning and seek the Lord. Our deacons and their wives are here to, to pray with you. If you would like to be prayed for, we want to pray for you, especially if you are one of those this morning that need to accept Christ into your heart. We'd like to pray with you and talk with you about that and help you with that. We'd encourage you to find someone to pray with or maybe find a place at the altar or even at your seat. We're going to just let this be a time of prayer as the worship team plays. If you need to leave, God bless you and have a great week. We love you. God bless.